0: Hello friends, welcome back to the Fit to Live podcast. I am so grateful that you are here for this episode because I think it's going to just be a really, really helpful and encouraging episode for a lot of you guys. Um, So I'm excited to get into this one. So today we are going to do just some big sister advice from me, things that I wish I would have known when I started my fitness journey. So I've been at this thing for a long time now. I would say that things really kicked off in high school for me. I want to say maybe 2013, maybe 2014, maybe 2014. So um, probably almost coming on 10 years. And obviously through that, I've been through many, many, many different phases in my fitness journey. And I've had the incredible opportunity to now work with just hundreds of women at this point. And just even through the different conversations, whether it's in DMs or just, you know, people in my life that ask me questions, just being able to also get more insight and empathy into other people's journeys as well. And so that's kind of where a lot of these points are going to come from. And you guys know I like to be more conversational with my podcast. Um, so I like have an outline, but I'm going to kind of go on my own little tangents from my outline. I don't like it to be too structured to where, you know, if I'm feeling led to talk about something further, I will. Um. So that's going to kind of be the structure here. I am going to go over 10 different things, but again, just kind of the reason that i did want to do this episode is just because i know that the fitness journey and the fitness industry it can just be a lot sometimes and i think there's a lot of pressure attached to it if you're listening to this right now and you feel like your fitness journey is something that's just adding a ton of like negative stress and pressure maybe you're you know beating yourself up often or comparing yourself often and you just have no idea really what you're doing and you just you just don't feel at peace with your fitness journey. I really, really hope that this episode will help you and that's kind of my goal with it. Um, so with that being said, we can just go ahead and jump into this. Um, so number one, and like I said, there's going to be 10 and these are things that I wish I would have known when I started my fitness journey, just like some big sister advice because I I've been at this for a while, like I said, and I just hope that this can encourage some people. Um, So number one, fitness should not become your entire identity. So whenever I started my Instagram page, I was super into fitness. Um, I had seen, you know, some girls who had a fitness page, but really for me, I was just like always taking pictures of my food and I really wanted to post it. So that's what I started with. I started posting pictures of my food. I would put like some selfies and like crop out my face because I didn't want anybody to know. But I think as I started to get more validation from the page and like my following grew and people were really enjoying my content, I started to then show more of like my workouts and eventually like my face. And I think my page definitely transitioned to more me plus my food. Um, and I think unknowingly, because at that time, I had just even started being really on Instagram in the first place, like even with my like personal account that I had made in high school. Um, and I think unknowingly, I, I made fitness my identity through that over time because when I went to college and I was getting my degree in nutrition, taking some exercise science classes, I got my CPT, I had this fitness Instagram, and so it I just kind of got sucked into that being my identity. Like, fitness is me, and this page is me. Um, and I didn't even really know that that was happening. And then, you know, fast forward, then it's like my business became associated with that, and like, I just, every part of me was tied into fitness. Um... And I didn't really realize that that was happening. And I'm so grateful for my journey. And I I absolutely still love fitness as a part of my life. And I absolutely love what I do with my coaching. But over, I would say mostly the past year and a half, I have really, really, really realized like, oh my gosh, I have to have an identity outside of this. And I do have an identity outside of this. It just got lost. Um, Because when, you know, especially for me with being on social media, starting to get validation in that area, it just kind of made me want to keep going back to that for my identity. But I realized, like, it should not be the case. Um, And my identity should come from so much more than just that. Um, And especially as I dealt with some of, and I'll get more into this in another point, but as I dealt with some of the hormonal and health issues that I was having, um, and I had to kind of take a step back from um, being as hardcore, if you will, in my fitness. I think that threw off a lot of my identity and confidence because I was like, oh my gosh, are people going to want to follow me? Are people going to want to work with me? Because like, I'm not this, you know, 24-7 fitness girl that I used to be. But over <laughs> over the past year and a half, I've actually learned, oh wait, that's actually good. And this is like healthy. Um, but I do think Thanks to social media, and I don't even think it's any one person doing this. I think it's, I think that a culture of things can be influenced over time, and people can kind of get sucked into it. And I think that in social media, sometimes because maybe you see people who they they get their whole income from fitness, they're influencers, whatever the case is, they're coaches, and so it almost makes for anybody who's getting into fitness, it seems like the goal should be for fitness to be your identity. I mean, you even see. TikTok posts, whether they're joking, but it's, like, part truth about, like, fitness being somebody's whole life and their whole identity, and it almost is, like, glorified, and um, it almost seems like the goal. Like, oh, if I'm going to get into fitness, then I need to, like, that needs to be my identity, like, like that's what's, what's praised in the industry, whatever, and so, yeah, I think thanks to social media, sometimes it can almost seem like that's the goal, um, but... Fitness should not become your entire identity and I put kind of like a sub point under here that it should enhance your life, bring positivity to your life, not be your life. Your life is so much more than just that and I think that fitness should enhance it, not become it Um, because when you start to place your identity in something like that, it's It's definitely something where, number one, you lose out on so much else that life has to offer. Um, But also, if anything happens, like, for me, when I had to back off, I was like, oh my gosh, who am I outside of this? And it was kind of, like, scary. Like, I'm glad that it happened because it showed me this. But, um, yeah, so it should definitely enhance your life. And I want that for anybody who does not have, you know, any form of, like, taking care of themselves and their, you know, from a fitness, nutrition, wellness perspective, like I I genuinely hope that, you know, people will be encouraged to do that. But I do think that there has to also be, I guess, that warning, like don't let it become your absolute entire life and identity. So that's number one. And I do really wish that I would have known that when I started because as well, and I will say, I'm not somebody to quote-unquote regret things because I've learned from it and it all led me to where I was, but if I can prevent somebody from going through things that I did, that would be great. Um, One of those being, you know, the eating, or I guess multiple of those being the different eating disorders that I struggled with all throughout college because my whole identity was in this and I just was obsessed and... Once I started getting a little bit of validation in certain areas, it just grew, and that's a whole other story, but I think one of the reasons that I did end up struggling with eating disorders was because of where I was placing all of my identity. Um, And when you place all of your identity in something like that, it's not ever going to fulfill that void, and so I think that is what led to a lot of the struggles I had with that in the past. Um... So, yeah, that's number one. Um, Number two, something else I wish I would have known when I started my fitness journey is that there are probably deeper things to address. So, um, you know, your diet and training are great, they're important, but a lot of times what sparks somebody into their fitness journey is they want to change something. Maybe they're insecure about something. Maybe they're not feeling very confident. Whatever the case is. And so for me, whenever I very first started, I, I think mine was, okay, I want to lose a little bit of weight. And I will also say I got into like some uh, some training classes and had like an amazing trainer. And I, I honestly did also just kind of fall into love with it, um, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. But I do think that there are still when we get into it and we say, okay, I'm feeling like a little bit insecure in my body maybe, or okay, I want to be more confident. I want to take better care of myself. The diet piece, the training piece, those are great. Those are important, but don't think that just focusing on those is everything. I think, and this is something I've been recently focusing a lot more on with clients, Because even like with what I learned, I learned how to help people with their diet and their training, but I'm learning more and more and more, oh, once we address those, now all these other things are creeping up that we also need to be dealing with. So, for example, like what people use to cope, because it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to change your diet, but like if food has been something that you use to cope for your whole life or... Exercise has been something that you used to cope for your whole life. Like, and maybe we need to back off on that because we're trying to manage stress on your body. Like, we have to address those things because if we're taking out something that you usually use to cope, we have to replace it with healthier coping mechanisms and be able to be aware of these things and like work on those things. And so, I think that's an example. Um, what you get your identity in is another thing which we just talked about. So, um, that could be something deeper to address. Insecurities, um, I think, are a huge one. That is a deeper thing that we need to address because, yeah, you may have some insecurities just like even with your body, but I do think that, um, you know, I was at my leanest point ever, getting the most compliments ever, the most Instagram engagement ever, and I was still so insecure. Um And number one, I think it's because I put my entire identity into it and I didn't really know myself outside of fitness, but I also just never addressed any other insecurities that I had just like for me, myself, like, and I think that when we only focus on changing our body and our diet and our training and we don't really address like that internal confidence and those like deep-rooted insecurities no matter what you do, it's not ever going to be enough to just like fulfill you. So I think um, addressing insecurities, your character just as a person. Um, And one thing that I love to see with clients when when we do start to work on like building new habits and things and they start to build confidence in themselves, yes, from body changes, but also a huge piece of it is just that they're They're creating self-discipline. They're improving their character and how they show up for themselves and how they view themselves and how they take care of themselves. Um, So I think that that's something that, you know, is something deeper that we need to be addressing as well. Um, Life stress is another thing that is a, a much bigger, you know, deeper thing because, okay, let's say if we go back to what do you use to cope? Well, what in life is also causing you to need so many different coping mechanisms. And, like, life is going to have stress. It's going to have troubles. That's part of it. But I think that, you know, if somebody is stuck in, is it a toxic relationship or they just hold a lot of, like, resentment towards people or they have communication that needs to be better in their relationships or um, a toxic work environment or whatever the case is, If we have all of these things and we're not addressing those and we just think, I'm going to follow this diet and do this training, we're missing out on a huge piece of what could not only, honestly, eventually transfer to like your overall health and then physical progress, but even just like the enjoyment and the being able to have a better relationship towards food and training and your journey because you're coming at it from a better place. Um, like I, I know that I've seen clients who maybe they do have a, just a ton of life stress um, and some things aren't even controllable. You know, something like grief or a loss or something like that. But let's say that it is like toxic relationships, all of these things that are making this person just, they, they need all of these different like coping mechanisms. Maybe it's food, maybe it's excessive training and whatever. And so it's really, really hard for them not to keep turning to those things because they're not addressing like the root of what's really going on in their life that's causing them to even turn to those things. Um, Now, I do think, like I said, there's always going to be stressors. And so we do have to be able to still find, okay, how are we going to cope with these things still in a healthy way? But I do think sometimes we make it much harder on ourselves when we don't deal with certain stressors in our life. And so I think that's another deeper thing to address. And that may be something you address with yourself um, or, you know, in therapy or with a coach, like whatever. Um, but finding, you know, the means to to be sure that you're going deeper than surface level, level I think is important. Um, and that kind of ties along with Other deeper things to address like your mindset towards food, your mindset towards training, your mindset towards your fitness journey as a whole, your mindset towards yourself, like all of those things, we got to look at those. We can't just jump into a diet and a new training program and just assume that's all going to like fix itself because if you have a really poor mindset towards food, training your journey as a whole, yourself, even if you don't think it's a poor mindset, it could be what's keeping you in a negative cycle. Um, keeping you from enjoying your journey, all of these different things. So I think as, as a summary for the second point, there are very likely deeper things to address than just what diet should I be doing and what training program should I be doing. So taking it back to my personal example, when I started my fitness journey, I think that I got very obsessed with, okay, this is the diet I need to move on, this is the training program. I never asked myself, hey, Sydney, do you have any coping mechanisms outside of the gym? Do you get your identity in anything else? What really are your insecurities? what maybe, and I, I will say, I like, at that point, well, actually, one part of college, I was in a fairly toxic situation, so maybe I should have asked myself that. Hey, is there anything else in your life that, like, yeah, you're doing all this stuff for yourself and your fitness, but, like, this area of your life, that's not a healthy area. Like, let's address that. Um And yes, it would have been great for me to also... Look at my mindset towards food and training and things like that because obviously given having eating disorders and stuff It was not in a good place. Um, So if I would have dug into these things, I think I could have saved myself a lot of um, Not good things (laughs) Um, as far as like My not only mindset but health and just different things like that. So um, and not to mention if I would have addressed a lot of those I probably would have been like oh okay, I can actually get confidence in, and cope in areas outside of just my diet and my training. So, that's number two. Um, number three is there will always be another body, another journey, another diet to compare yourself to. So, I really wish that I could have just had this ingrained in me because I spent so long thinking... That what everyone else was doing was something that like I had to look into, I had to do, I needed to try. Um, and now obviously, as I got more and more educated though, and I learned like, oh, actually that stuff like I should not be doing any of that, but at first when I jumped into my journey, this is why I wish I would have known it then was because at first, I would just honestly look at like what do they look like and in this like this moment, the emotional state that this just gave me, I guess I should be doing what they're doing. And so I think understanding, though, that there's always going to be another body to compare to, always another journey to compare to. And this is actually something, I think the journey part is something over the past year, probably year and a half, I've really had to work on. And I do think I'm past it now. But by that, I mean, okay, so if I'm in this stage of, okay, I can't really push that hard right now in my training. I'm working on my hormones. I'm trying to get my period back regular. And then I see this girl on Instagram who's like pushing so hard in the gym. And like, I'm like, ugh, should I be doing that? It's like, no, like that is not your focus right now. Um, and I really had to call myself out on that a lot. Um, I think, For me personally, I've been past the body part for a while, but at the beginning of my journey, that was a huge one for me, like comparing my body to other people's. Um, And even like sometimes, you know, if somebody, for example, maybe they keep going back and forth between, oh, I want to focus on growing muscle for a while. Oh, I want to focus on fat loss for a while. Oh, I want to focus on maintenance for a while. And they're just like always, always, always moving it around. Maybe it's because they're just always comparing it to somebody else. And it's like, everyone's always at a different point. So you just have to focus on your cor- current priorities and your current goals and really, really try to stay in your lane and realize that there will always be another body, another journey, another diet to compare to you. And by diet, that can mean like, oh, this girl's doing gluten-free right now for maybe, maybe it's some like maybe it's for actual medical reason. And then you're like, oh gosh, should I be doing that? Or it's like, oh, this person is tracking right now, but I'm taking a break from tracking. Should I be doing it? Or the opposite. Oh, I'm taking a break from tracking, but this person is tracking. Should I be doing it? And so just like realizing that, okay, no matter what you are doing, someone else is going to be doing something different or opposite. And now if you're doing something that's like very wrong for your health and fitness, yes, let's change that. But you know if you're on like a good plan that's focused on getting you the results that you want at the time and that's keeping you healthy we don't need to just be looking out to always be comparing and i really do wish i would have had somebody tell me this at the beginning because i was just like all over the place with my goals i was like vegan and then i was like crossfit and then i was like bodybuilding like bikini competition, which I didn't end up actually going all the way through with. I was just all over the place. And it's because all I did was look out to what other people were doing. I never asked myself, what is your priority right now? What is your goal right now? I just, yeah, it was not good times. Um, So that's number three. Number four is that context is really important. If you guys follow me on Instagram and you ever ask questions in my question box or you ever read my answers when I do those, you guys know I'm like, huge on context. Like, I think it is so missed in the industry. So, it's like somebody will see, oh, carbs are bad, but it's like, okay. And now, some people just say that in general, and they're just like wrong in general. But let's say that I have a client. Let's say I have a client who, I don't think that was like a great way to explain that, so we're going to retry. Let's say I have a client who I have on low carbs for a short period of time for a certain reason somebody sees i have a client on low carbs they think that's the right thing that's what they should be doing but they know none of the context about why i have them on that how long i have them on that same thing if like i have somebody on a certain protocol like i have a couple different protocols i'll use for different things for maybe like the short term maybe if i'm working on some gut stuff for um cortisol things like that whatever And maybe somebody sees that and then they think that, like, that's what they should be doing or that's what they should be doing all the time. And it's like, but you missed all of the context. And I could talk about this and I could literally name, like, 500 scenarios um, where context is super important. But anything you see, this person's on this type of program, this type of diet, this person said this, in what context? For what reason are we using it? For how long are we using it? Like, context is so important, whether it comes to training, whether it comes to macros, whether it comes to different food sources, whether it comes to um, even things like, um, you know, if you hear people talk about anything that they're doing maybe for their hormones, like I'll get asked sometimes about, oh, what should I do to balance my hormones? And I'm like, okay, well, what do we mean by balancing? Because hormones are, you know, hormones in general, even if we have them like optimal, they shift over time, you know, throughout the month. That's that's part of it. So, what do we mean by balanced? First of all, what hormones are we talking about? Do we need it to be elevated? When do we need it to be elevated? Do we need it lower? Like, context is so key. That's why sometimes in my question boxes, I'm never trying to be rude at all, and I think I make that clear, but some questions I literally just cannot answer because I'm like, well, Especially like hormone balancing questions. I'm like, I need I need way more specifics. <laughs> what hormone? What are we trying to do with it? Why do we think it's off? Like all these things. So context is really important. And I think if I would have known that earlier in my journey, I would have been able to feel a lot more confident in things and not question what I was doing so much when I saw other people talking about other stuff because it's not necessarily that what they were saying was wrong or what I was doing was wrong, but maybe they both have a place in different contexts. And there are some things that are just straight up wrong and harmful, um, but context is super important. So, that's number four. Number five is that training may relieve stress, but it is a stressor. I cannot tell you how many times I've had this conversation with clients, some of my clients who might be listening are probably like, oh, that was me, who they will tell me. Okay, I see what you're saying that I need to back off my training, but it's how I relieve stress. And this kind of goes back to, all right, we got to find some more coping mechanisms for you because if this is how you relieve stress, but you already have, you have too much stress given the point that, hey, we need to back off training because I'm trying to get less stress on your body, I don't care if in the moment it relieves stress, it's adding to your stress load. Now, our bodies can handle some stress. Training can be a good stress if we can recover from it, but so many people just, they have all this stress piled up in their life. They already have too much stress on them and then they keep piling this training stress more and more. Their bucket is like overflowing. They can't recover from it. It's causing all these health issues. They're tired all the time. They never recover. They're not getting stronger you know, all of these different things, maybe they're not having a cycle, their thyroid's downregulated, all these things that we see, but they say training relieves their stress. And I'm like, okay, no, it gives you endorphins. So it feels good in the moment. And for some people who I've had, maybe they have, um, like their adrenals are, um, to the point where like, we're barely even producing cortisol anymore. And the only time they can ever get energy is when they train. I'm like, okay, so the last thing that you actually need to be doing then probably (laughs) is training because, you're literally, your body is trying to tell you like, I need rest. And the only reason that you feel good is because like you're getting some endorphins from that, but it's just making everything worse. And so training may relieve stress in the moment, but it's a stressor and you have to consider that if you are needing, if you're not recovering well, um, and you're needing to pull back stress and that's, this isn't just training. This is like, from life. Maybe it's dietary stress, all these things. Your bucket is overflowing. I don't care if training or running relieves your stress, it's adding stress and you have to keep that in mind. That's not to scare you from training um, because, again, if we're in a place where we can recover from the given stressor that we're putting on our body, cool, but I see it so often. Um, So, I say, you know, to to clients, kind of what I try to do is like validate that I understand that it relieves your stress, but that doesn't mean we should be using it right now because that's a very temporary thing. And at the end of the day, it's adding more to your bucket. And so also it kind of goes back to, this is another deeper thing we have to get into. Do you put your whole identity in training? Do you have any other coping mechanisms? And that's, that's really important. So um, yeah, and that was something I had to learn too, you guys. Like whenever I went through this stuff with all my hormones, I had to learn that and it was really hard for me because I, I like I told you guys, I had my entire identity in fitness so when I had to pull back, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no other way to cope. Um, and just like a side note, another thing that I realized too was um, I, I think that I also used a tracking as almost a coping mechanism of control. Because at first, when I wasn't tracking, it was very, 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 very difficult for me to think that I was like still excelling in my fitness journey and the times I wasn't tracking. But it's only because I had tied so much identity to like that control of it. And I love tracking for certain reasons. Like I use it with my clients, use it with myself, but being able to face in and out of it now without guilt, um, so much better of a mindset than where I was at because again, I I had no other coping mechanisms and that was like a sense of control for me. Um, So anyways, that was number five. Um, So we're halfway through these. I hope that you guys are getting something out of this. Um, If so, I would love if you feel like somebody else could use these definitely send them this episode and also ratings also really help like push and recommend the episode to other people who listen to like this type of content so if you guys don't mind leaving a rating and review always appreciate it okay five stars by the way that would be greatly appreciated i mean unless you don't feel like it's five star worthy, of course but okay so number six is not everyone who claims to be or presents themselves as an expert should be considered an expert or be listened to. So I think, especially right now in the industry, um, you'll see just um, terms for people thrown around a lot. So maybe this person is a dietitian, this person is a doctor, this person, whatever, they have titles behind them, but that doesn't mean that they're automatically an expert on the subject. Um, especially the the title doctor, it's like, okay, well, maybe they got, maybe they have those letters in front of their name because they are in this profession, whatever, but they're acting like they're an expert on this thing that they literally had no background in. Um, so you have to be very, very careful with who people, with what people claim themselves to be an expert on. And I would just caution with anybody, if somebody says that they know everything, run, run, because we're all still learning. Even people who are experts in their field will tell you like, I still don't know everything. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's really, 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 really important, especially if you guys are on like health and fitness TikTok and stuff, like you gotta be really careful. Um, And I put a sub point to this because this is a really easy one to fall into as well, but how somebody looks, their body, even their face, um, because you know, like, in general, we're, we're very, like, um, I don't even know the word for it, but, like, let's say that you see this girl and you're like, oh my gosh, she's, like, so pretty and she has this great body and whatever. Um, that doesn't make her an expert either. Like, that's not to say anything bad about her. And maybe she is, and I'm not also not saying, because I have seen some people act like just because somebody's got a pretty face, they can't be smart. And I think that's very wrong, too. Um, but <laughs> looks your body, your face, whatever, don't make you an expert either. And neither does somebody's following. (laughs) Um, I think that's also very important. Um, Somebody's following, somebody's looks does not make them an expert on a subject. And I, starting off, could have really used that knowledge for sure because a lot of the workouts I did was because I saw something on Pinterest with some legs that I wanted and I just did whatever workout was on there or like abs that I wanted and I just like did that Um, or like oh this person does this diet this person's vegan I have to do that Um, and yeah I never really I, I don't know I guess it was once I started getting super into my like gaining my own knowledge and like fell in love with like studying and the science of everything and whatnot then I was like oh shoot these people don't actually know what they're talking about some of them do but a lot of people don't, even people with the title doctor or even some dietitians. Like, yeah. So just be smart with who you get your information from. Um, and that's point number six. Um, okay, number seven is that how you feel matters a lot. So as I've gotten further in my fitness journey, I now value how I feel. So, 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 so much. After having the experience that I did with my hormones where I was just so exhausted, constantly fatigued, I felt weak, I had brain fog, I I just did not feel like myself, I was depressed, and I just now value so much feeling good because I can't tell you guys how much it impacted my life, like, in so many different ways. And so I just think that a lot of people, they want the physical change. They want the physical change, and they think they don't care at what cost until that cost comes. And I just want to, I think, tell you guys, like, how you feel matters so much. I, whenever all of my hormone problems first started... Mm I really liked how I looked, but I felt like trash. And it impacted me so much. And it was it wasn't even necessarily that how I looked at the time correlated directly to it. It was more a buildup of a lot of things. Like I actually at this point look very similar to how I did then, but I've been able to get everything a lot better. <laughs> um I still am like, I'm I'm still kind of overall still working on it, but it's so much better than it was. I like have my cycle normal now and all of that. Um, so it wasn't even necessarily at that time that it was like, oh, you're at an unhealthy body weight. It was more so the cumulative stressors built up on everything of like how I'd been handling stuff um, and me learning, hey... It's okay to back off of this for a while and like you do have more priorities now than you did in college. Like now you have a business to run and like all these different things. And so anyways, point being, there was a lot more to it than just like my body fat levels. I just get like hateful comments on that sometimes. People are like, well, why don't you just do this blah, 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 but they know no context on anything. Um, so anyways, how you feel matters a lot. And I, for me, for example... At this point, the body fat percentage I'm currently at, I actually would probably prefer myself a little bit leaner. I have a physique that I prefer a little bit more that's a little bit leaner, but because of the things that I've been through, I am still, and just because I prefer one a little bit more, I'm still very, very, very happy with where I am now, and I have found so much confidence in where I am now, and I'm okay I have just given up the fact that I prefer this little bit leaner of a physique because I feel good where I am right now, and I think that's so, so important, um, and it took me a very, very long time to get there, but yeah, how you feel matters a lot, and I think once you and some of you guys listening maybe be nodding your head, like, once you've been there and you have been in a place where your health is compromised in different ways, um, I think you would agree. <laughs> um it's not worth it's not worth the crash dieting, it's not worth overtraining, it's not worth never addressing the stress in your life. Um and you can't just you can't just diet it all away. Like if you're feeling like trash, I think um yeah, how you feel matters a lot and it's it's definitely worth getting to the root and like addressing it. So and I guess why I put this on here as far as like something I wish I would have known was more so I wish I would have known the cost of some of what I was doing, constantly dieting, too much training volume. Like I just wish I would have known, hey, this may actually end up hurting you later with how you feel. And at the time, I probably would have been like, I don't care. I just want to look this way. But looking back, I'm like, no, girl, you're going to care because it's going to be rough. Um. So, yeah. And okay, number eight Number eight is don't stay so zoomed in. Um, And I think this has come with maturity and time in my fitness journey and being able to see, as I've been in it for longer and longer, how much more it is than just the one diet, um, the one training program. So being able to zoom out more and see like, oh, this thing is for life, and I need to be able to periodize this and phase this over time. And when you stay so zoomed in, you can get so obsessive, and you can be so hard on yourself, and you can just only be looking for, you know, the big transformation, and you just forget to just congratulate yourself along the way and celebrate the wins along the way. And I think you suck yourself into all of these emotions, like you're Your emotions are so tied to like the short term. It's like, okay, have I built muscle yet? It's been a week on this program. Or have I lost weight yet? It's been two days on this diet. Like, And when we stay that zoomed in, it's just honestly so stressful and miserable. But when you can zoom out of your journey and just see the progress happening over time and just realize, oh, actually, this is kind of like a for life thing. So it is okay if like sometimes I'm more you know, focused on this and maybe sometimes I am backed off a little bit and not backed off to where like, I don't care about my health. I think we should always care about our health, but it's not always going to be tracking macros in a diet phase, training four to five times a week. Like there's going to be other phases too and that's okay, but it's when you're so zoomed in that you just start to get so obsessive and it just becomes so overwhelming and so stressful. Um, So I think being able to zoom out is very, very important. Um, There's something else I was gonna say on that. Oh yeah, I remember. It was just an example from I had a client too who um, I so when I program because I've changed my mindset on this and I'm able to zoom out now. Um, I see that even with like how we program training, I and we only have okay, so we can only recover from so much, right? So. Uh, volume allocation is something I've really learned with programming over time. And so it's like maybe in this phase, we're focused more on your glutes and your delts. We're going to maintain these other things, but we're not necessarily going to be building them up in this phase. But then in future phases, you know, we will, we'll put more volume towards those, whatever. And so it's like taking that long-term approach towards our goals. And I had a client one time who she was just like getting very stressed that like, oh my gosh, there's not a lot of volume for this muscle and this. And I was like, we're going to get there um, we just have to zoom out. Like, we can't try to fit everything in this one program. Same thing, like, we can't try to get to your end goal in this one diet. Like, it's gonna take some time. Um, and so when you stay that zoomed in, I think you miss out on a lot of progress that you could have if you would zoom out, honestly. Um, because you're trying to do everything so quickly and, like, that's just, that's not optimal. Um, so when we can zoom out, it takes all that pressure off um, and we're we're actually able to be smarter with our programming. So that's number eight. Um, number nine is that you don't always have to be trying to change your body to be fit or to be on your fitness journey. You know, we like to post about our fitness journeys. It's like a trending thing, whatever, on social media. And like this, this was something I finally had to come to terms with is like, oh, I actually am allowed to still be in this community. I'm still fit. I still care about my health. I still care about, you know, my fitness, my health, whatever you want to call it, um, even though I'm not trying to change my body right now. And sometimes that's actually the best thing you can do for your health, depending on where you're at. For me, that's what I needed because I had finally gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I know I can't be dieting right now, but maybe then I should just build. And it's like, no, building muscle is also a stressor. And you don't need to be doing that either. And I had to finally just be okay with like, okay, I'm just, I'm just staying here. And that's okay. Um, and I've been able to go through some other phases since then. But you don't always have to try to change your body to be fit if you're in a place too. and maybe it's not even for health reasons. Maybe you have just been dieting and trying to build muscle for so long. And you just want to be like, you know, I'm actually just happy right now. And that's okay, and that doesn't mean you can't go work out, doesn't mean you can't still eat in a way that makes you feel good and fuels your body well, but I actually think it builds a lot of self-love when you can finally say, hey, body, I'm actually, I'm good, like, we're good, (laughs) I don't want to change you. And I think for me, it actually helped me appreciate my body more. And I didn't really realize that I was, like, always necessarily trying to change it, but when I stopped to think about it, I was like, oh, these goals I keep having and constantly having to be either growing or cutting is actually kind of making me not like myself as much because I'm never just letting myself be. Um, And there's a time and a place for both, or all three, I guess you could say. But it's totally okay to just not be focused on changing and just be doing this to to take care of yourself, you know? Um, So that's number nine. And then the very last thing um, that I wish I would have known, and this is actually something that in the past month, month and a half, that I would say I'm just now learning, um, and this is faith-related, but that is that God, the one who created you, He sees your heart um, and... Your identity, at the end of the day, is in Him, your Creator, and when we try to make fitness in our own body our idol, it's never gonna, it's never gonna fulfill us. And that I put this last because I think it wraps all of this into into like one thing that I'm finally learning is that when we make our body our idol, our fitness journey our idol. It's never going to satisfy because anything that we put as an idol, we're basically putting as something that where God should be. And so when we try to get our identity in something, all of that, it's not going to fulfill like God can. And so it's not to say that you can't, you know, focus on your fitness and like enjoy your fitness journey. But when it becomes an idol, I think that it can create just way more negative than we realize. And I think that we can become almost enslaved to it and we miss out on maybe a lot of what God could actually do for us. And so as I've been giving this up to him, he's actually giving me so much more confidence in just like who I am outside of my body, outside of fitness. Um... And confidence in who I am as a person and more purpose outside of fitness, outside of just changing my body. And um, it's something I still have to, like, fight because our world is very much focused on what do we look like? What does your body look like? All of this. And so it's definitely something I'm having to, like, work on. Um, But, yeah, if you are feeling just down, just to remember, like, God sees your heart. (laughs) Um, And no matter what we try to do in the world, like nothing is going to fulfill that way. And so that's something that I've, I guess, been learning a lot over the past like month and a half. And so I did want to add that in here because if I would have known that when I started my finished journey, this would have all looked very different. (laughs) Um, But I never saw it that way. I mean, I had heard that, but it had never, like, resonated with me, really. Um, I had never actually kind of surrendered that to him, I guess you could say. It was more of, like, a pride thing. Um, But, yeah. So... That is my big sister advice for you for this episode, Um, things that I wish I would have known when I started my fitness journey. I hope that was helpful. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode, and you can always apply to work with me for one-on-one coaching through the link in my show notes. Bye, guys!